Hey everybody, it's Charles from HumbleMechanic.com today taking your questions on AC not working, tuning a 1.4 liter, the diesel, Torag, and more. This is episode 260 of the Humble Mechanic Podcast. Alright, back in action after a little bit of time off the Q&A. Remember, if you want to get a question on a show like this, email me, charles at HumbleMechanic.com. Put question for Charles in the subject line. Please ask your question first. Hey, Charles, I want to know this. Give me some space, then give me the details. That helps out so much when answering all the questions that I do every single day. And remember, there is an audio-only version of this show, as well as many others available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google, and of course, over at HumbleMechanic.com. All right, let's talk about the sponsor of the day, which is CRP Automotive. CRP deals in a ton of OE maintenance and repair parts, timing belt kits, suspension components, and even fluids. In fact, they make the factory DSG fluid for Volkswagen and Audi. So check them out at crpautomotive.com. And finally, if you want to get exclusive content as well as discounts to places like Black Forest Eastwood, MT Knives, Sonic Tools, Kerma TDI, Scanner, Danner, Prime Shades, and a whole bunch more, check out that crew membership program. Great way to support the show, but more importantly, score yourself some awesome discounts and save a bunch of money. All right, that's wrapped up. Let's hit these questions. First one up. What should I do if a mechanic is deep into finishing a repair but is taking a really long time to complete? I blew the head caskets on my Range Rover from an overheat. He has had all the parts to make the repair for more than two weeks and I know the cylinder heads have been back at the shop for over a week. I don't want to call every day. I was just stopping by on Fridays but it's been a total of two months. Two months, dang. Now he's not even replying to my text messages about where the progress is. He said it's like an 18 hour job when we started. Okay, um, man, this stinks. So it probably is an 18 hour like book time job. That doesn't mean it takes 18 hours. It could be less if he knows how to do it faster. Could take even longer depending on if they ran into any issues. Um, I hate situations like this. And first of all, if this is like a buddy of yours, that's why I don't generally have my friends do things that I need done in a timely fashion, unless I'm paying them full retail for it. The problem with that is if a buddy does it like as a favor, you tend to get put on the back burner very, very quickly. And because you're a buddy, they're cool with like, oh, it'll, you know, I'll tell them it'll take another week, tell them it'll take another week, and pretty soon it's, you know, two months later. So if this is a legit shop and not just like a dude doing it in his backyard on the spare time, uh, we're better off because we have a repair order. Hopefully they quoted you some type of time frame. I would not, dude, I'm, I'm like trying to not blow a gasket because I don't know the full situation. So this could be way more involved than, uh, than, than I know just based on your email. Um, you got to get in touch with the guy. I would call him. I would leave him a voicemail, say, hey, I want to set up a time to come see the car and see where you're at. Do you need anything else from me? What can I do to help move along faster? I need this car done sooner. Uh, I need my car back, right? This, uh, there's, so, uh, there's so many things that can go sideways when we're doing this because what we don't want to do is we don't want to really piss this guy off and then him never finish our car or hand us a box full of parts and say, I don't want to do it anymore. You know, good luck getting your car back together. We also want to make sure that we're giving them the time to do the job properly. Two months with not really much communication is a long time for me. See, this is, uh, and I've said it a million times, this is one of the biggest problems in the auto industry is poor communication. So right now we're kind of stuck, right? We, we really need to be understanding and that's hard. Just keep thinking to yourself, I'm gonna win more flies with honey than with vinegar and try to be understanding of what the dude's got going on. Maybe, you know, maybe somebody in his family's sick. 
Maybe he doesn't know what he's doing and he's way over his head. At some point, though, the dude's got your car. The dude is not getting it done. Hopefully by now, the time answering this question, he's done with it. But this is a really, really challenging situation. I'm, I'm trying to think what I would do on both sides. If it were my car, I'd be pissed. I'd want my car back. If I were on the other side, there would be some reason why it was taking so long. And I like to think if it were me as the technician, I'd at least be communicating that to my customer. We also wanna look at what motivates a technician to finish a job or anybody to finish a job really, and that's getting paid. Have you paid anything? Have you bought parts? Have you given anything for labor? That may be a motivator. Of course, that could totally backfire and now the dude's got money and he's like, ah, screw it, I'm never gonna finish the car. So this is a really sticky situation. I would be overly positive and wanting to help get the situation finished, right? Help get the job finished. At some point, this can escalate to where law enforcement needs to be involved, a lawyer needs to be involved. Hopefully there's some kind of paperwork that went into this. This is why doing side work can be a really bad thing for a technician and a really bad thing for, uh, for a customer as well. I don't know if this was a side work gig, like I said, or, or a legit shop. Legit shop, I think you have more flexibility with what you can do. You can put a little bit more pressure on them uh, as a business than just as a dude in, in their garage, I feel like, you know, just trying to make some money on the side. So we're gonna attract better with honey than vinegar. Have that mindset, try and be cool. I'd be furious at this point, so that's really, really challenging. If it comes down to it, maybe we need to get an attorney, maybe we need to get law enforcement involved. That's, a, that's like a way down the road thing for me. I wouldn't really want to have that step one through 50, but at some point, your car's gotta get done. So if I were in this situation right now, I'd probably call them, leave them a voicemail. Of course, you have that documented then that you called and left them a voicemail. Tell them you're gonna come by at you know three o'clock on Friday, whatever time. You wanna see the car, you wanna see the progress and where they're at with it and figure out what it's gonna to take to get the car done ASAP rather than getting put on the back burner and done whatever. If you guys have some legit other advice, uh, drop it down in the comments and let us know. Let's, but again, we wanna be cool about this. You know, burning the dude's garage down isn't gonna help you out at all. Motivating him to get it finished, I think is the key to getting your car back as soon as possible. All right, next one up is from Matthew. Charles recently got an 08 Passat wagon, two liter turbo FSI, Lux trim. Car has Climatronic HVAC system, and I have a fault for the Airflow Position Flat Motor V71. I'm looking in the repair manual, it says that the V71 is only installed in 06 through early 07. My issue is there's no V71 in my 08 Passat, but the auto HVAC displays the fault in VCDS. Via output test, the V71 is identified and has output measurements. What do I do? Okay, um, Matthew, first of all, you're right, that they did some kind of mid-year change and dropped the V71 motor. First of all, the V71 motor and the other motor that it's labeled as, which is V425, I believe, is the recirc motor, right? The one that goes from fresh air to recirculate. They changed the number from V71 to V, yeah, it was V425. So we're gonna be focusing on V425 right now. Because I know you have access, I would probably run a scan with Otis rather than VCDS. This is one place where sometimes the verbiage on VCDS differs from Otis. Otis is the factory Volkswagen Audi repair scan tool. Um, the, the verbiage can differ. Sometimes it's better in VCDS, I've had that happen. Other times it's just like we're dealing with now, there was a mid-production split. Make sure when you're running VCDS that it actually populates as the correct year car and the correct variant of your Climatronic. If I remember right, 
There were a couple variants of Climatronic that you actually had to select when running through Otis, so that may be a way to point you in a better direction with Otis versus VCDS. So you replace the motor and you're still getting the fault. First thing we wanna do is we wanna run the output test, which it sounds like you did. While doing that output test, we don't wanna just run it and, okay, cool. We wanna watch the research door and make sure that it reaches full open and full closed and it does it smoothly and fluidly. Maybe we have something bound up in the door causing high resistance, causing the motor to tweak out a little bit and trigger this fault, or maybe it's not opening all the way or closing all the way. You'll, you'll need to get the Caltrim up. I would take Caltrim off, I'd take the glove box out, I would take the blower motor out, I would leave it plugged in though, um, so you could really see the full range of that door. And that's gonna be like 20 minutes worth of taking stuff apart. All that stuff is super, super easy. So if our door's moving properly and our motor's good, whoa, what do we do next? Well. This can actually be a really tricky one. We wanna run basic settings, make sure that we have the basic setting correct. We also wanna make sure our motor and our door are clocked together. These are geared teeth and we wanna make sure they're clocked together. It may be that it's not clocked correctly and it's trying to push the door open or push the door closed past the stop point, causing the motor to see high resistance, saying that it's not reaching its full closed position. I would probably blow this fault out Clear it three times really quick. That's kind of like a hard reset of a fault and see where you get. We also wanna look at, does the air conditioning have any other issues? I've replaced a handful of these control heads as well. So maybe you have a control head that's starting to tweak out. You know, we could, we could do a couple of things. We can get way deep and we can go to the point of breaking out the oscilloscope and looking at our readings and looking at our current ramping of that motor. If you really want to, if you want to go down the path of pinpointing the exact problem, I think that's actually a really good thing. Here's what you're gonna run into though, what's it supposed to be versus what it is. You're gonna need comparable numbers. You may or may not have access to that. I don't know anywhere in, in the VW repair manual where it gives you that information, but we can do that. And that's what a great exercise in practicing our diagnostic skills and learning something new on maybe how exactly these motors work, how they know the position, what they're doing that's probably a pretty good thing. You said that there's values you can look at in VCDS for the V71. You're probably looking at V425. I might try and find another 08 wagon, which that's 11 years old now, so that might be kind of challenging to see what those values are in one car versus another, how they're the same and how they're different. It may not even have to be that exact year. I think that Passat went up to what, 2010? So maybe a 2010 would have similar or the same readings as your 08. If you have other things going on with the air conditioning that aren't working correctly, then we can start to look at what's common other than the AC control head, and maybe we have a loose ground or something like that, not really happy, of course. Check your powers and grounds, it works. Air conditioning works, so it's probably not a power issue. Probably not a ground issue, but you never know. It could be a, a slightly loose ground or a slight corrosion on the ground. It's causing one fault to keep coming back. I looked through TSBs and I couldn't find anything related to that V71 issue, um, but there may be some hidden TSB or outdated TSB that is now removed from the repair manual. So I don't have a, like a super great answer for you. What I would do if you brought this car to me, I would verify all the operation of the um, HVAC system. I would clear the fault. I would run basic settings. I would recheck the fault and see if it came back or didn't. If it did, I would run the output test and force that flap open and close, and I would watch it move through its entire range. Maybe 
It's just like a little bit of silicone spray on the uh, where the door pivots because maybe it's binding up a little bit. It really could be something as simple as that. Those motors can get just upset very easily. So I'd start there and if you have to go all the way in and do all the diagnosis, well, you may just have to do that. But I think, again, that would be a good learning experience for you, especially because I know you have access to all that test equipment from VW. So um, do that, man, and hopefully something super easy and a little of some silicone spray will take care of it. What a world where a little of silicone spray would take care of a fault stored in the climate control system. All right, next one up is from Brandon. Maybe a strange question, but here it is. I have a 2017 Jetta 1.4 automatic. I was thinking of doing some performance upgrades and wondering what amount of horsepower torque would be reasonable to subject the automatic transmission to. Also, do you have any thoughts on the Unitronic ECU Stage 2? I'm not trying to make a race car, just add a reasonable amount of power and performance to my daily driver. Thanks in advance for any advice. Okay, Brandon, um, I actually just looked at Unitronic. They have stage two, which you got to do a downpipe with. That gives you, where was it here? A total of 196 horsepower and 257 pound foot of torque. For comparison, stock is 155 and 187. I don't see this transmission being any problem tuning it up just that little bit. 40 horsepower feels a lot. 40 horsepower increase with the tune in a one component is a good amount for horsepower to dollar, but you're not gonna blow the transmission apart from that little bit of an increase. So I do like Unitronic. I think they make a great tune. Um, I don't have a ton of experience with this downpipe because actually it looks like this just came out pretty recently, but it's got V-bands, so everybody should be happy about that. And it bolts to the stock, uh, stock exhaust, which is awesome. I'll link it up down in the description if you guys wanna check out what I'm looking at. So I like the 1.4 and I like how tunable it is. I think 40 horsepower is going to give you an increase that's a lot of fun, um, but not really run the risk of doing any damage to the car. You're not doubling the horsepower of this car. I'm gonna guess that these transmission internals are probably used in other cars that do have more horsepower. That 1.4, while it's fun, um, it's not a, a high horsepower engine by any means. It's not a two liter turbo, right? It's a 1.4 turbo, but it's still, it's still good. It still gives you a good amount of fun. I don't know what they charge for it, but when you compare dollar per horsepower you get, it's probably a pretty good deal. Unitronic is not always the first ones to come out with a tune for an engine, but they usually do a really good job of having a solid tune that's trouble-free or very low trouble. You know, once we start tuning and messing with the factory software and adding components to the car, that's when we really do open ourselves up to have even more issues than the car may have had from the factory. Sometimes this stuff fixes problems that the car had from the factory, but every time we do something to our car, when we modify it, uh, we, we open the door for more problems than we probably would have had if we just left it alone. I promise you that the VW engineers did more R&D than any tuning company out there did. Uh, and they have, but they have different rules that they have to follow than the tuning companies do. And I like Unitronic. I think they make a great tune, very close to getting our Tiguan tuned, but I was worried about getting flagged TD1. Um, and it was a lease, so I knew we would be turning it back in anyway, not a car that we would own. So dude, I say go for it. I wouldn't worry too much about the transmission really at all. I think it'll be just fine. If anybody has seen these transmissions blow up from tuning, drop it down in the comments, but I've not seen that happen. Even on the higher horsepower engines with the similar transmission internals, 
haven't really seen too many issues. I'm sure there's a couple out there and I'm sure someone has blown their transmission up because they got it tuned. But we always have to ask the question, what are the rest of the circumstances, right? You can't take one piece of the story this big and paint the entire picture. You have to have the whole picture to really evaluate what is good, what is bad. By the way, I looked it up, 600 bucks for the downpipe. Usually the tunes are about six to $700. Stage two might be a little more, a little less for, for Unitronic. But I, I think Unitronic's good, man. I'd go for it. I would not even hesitate at all from now. I would go right away to your local tuner and get that work done. Or you can order it and do it yourself. Either way, actually doing it yourself is probably easy. The, those downpipes are super simple to install. You can use my guide that I did on a two liter turbo. It's not gonna be exactly the same, but it'll be pretty darn close, at least close enough to get you, uh, get you a good head start on installing that downpipe. And if you do the Uconnect tune, you can just do that yourself too. You don't even have to go to a shop anymore. How cool is that? What a world we live in. So Brandon, go get it done. And hey, do me a favor, after you do it, swing on back to the video, post in the comments, and let us know what you think and whether it was worth the money or not. Do you love it? Do you hate it? Either way, I'd love to know your feedback on it. All right, last one up is from Nathan. My brother and I are huge fans of your YouTube channel. Thanks for that, guys. Appreciate it. We've been discussing 09 and 10 V6 diesel Torags. We both would love to have one in our garage. After sifting through online forums, we have some questions we are hoping you could answer. Number one, do the V6 TDIs have the same high-pressure fuel pump failures as are common on the two-liter cars? If so, is there an updated part that prevents this from happening? Okay, I'm gonna. he's got three questions. They're quick, so I'm going to do one and then answer it right away. They do not have the same issues that the cars did. Uh, in fact, I think I've seen two diesel Touaregs need fuel systems where I've seen tons of cars need fuel systems. So big, big difference there. They are still pretty sensitive to fuel. So you wanna make sure you're using good quality fuel uh, and not putting gasoline in it because that will cause a problem for you. There are some things that people do. They add like super filters on there. There's other pumps that people run as well. I've seen so few issues with it, I probably wouldn't mess with any of that. In fact, I have a V6 diesel Touareg, and I haven't done any of that stuff either. Of course, make sure you're replacing the fuel filter. Maintenance intervals 20K, eh, you could go 20K, you could do it a little sooner and have no problem either. I'll probably be doing mine on a 15K thing, just cause, you know, I don't know, it's cheap insurance for having uh, having a properly performing vehicle. If you swing over to TDI Club, I'm sure there's somebody or a lot of somebody's that have the diesel Touareg that have installed that like CP3 pump or filter or whatever it is. Um, swing over there, you'll find some good solid information on TDI Club and you'll find some people that are just bonkers off their rocker, but you'll find that anywhere. So let's move on to the next one. Do the 09 and 10 Touareg still have transmission issues like the earlier years do? I have seen this many, which is a big old zero, 09 and 10 Torag transmission issues. I've seen a couple Torag transmission issues. The latest one I saw was a transmission needing to be replaced. That was because the fluid was leaking. So it was low on fluid, it got ran low on fluid, and well, then it got a new transmission because they're not gonna rebuild that at the dealership. That doesn't meet the cost to repair versus cost to replace numbers. If it's within like 75% to replace it versus rebuild it, it gets replaced, which makes a whole lot of sense and is way faster for their customers to get the car back. Some of the very early ones of 405 had solenoid issues, but um, I haven't seen that on any of the newer stuff. I would, however, 
make sure you're doing a transmission service on the car. Uh, mine's gonna be knocking on the door of 80K pretty soon and I'll probably do it at 80K and do a video for you guys, show you exactly how to do it. Super simple drain and fill, just like all the other VW automatic transmissions. Final question, comparing the Torag 09 to 10 to the 11 Plus, the engine was changed in 2013. It went from four cam chains to two. Did VW do this because there were a lot of issues with the chains? I have seen zero chain issues on the V6 diesel Torags. In fact, I talked to my Audi buddy. He said he hasn't seen any chain issues on the V6 on the Audi side, which is a pretty similar engine. Audi did have more issues though with oil leaking from the upper pan where VW may have had those issues, um, but I don't really recall many of them being repaired. I know of a couple at the dealership I worked at that were repaired, but very, very few and far between. I did a little research on that. And it looks like they did change the chain structure of that engine, and it was all about reducing drag on the engine. So nothing to worry about at all. Guys, if this, if any of these things were a big problem, I would not have bought a V6 diesel Torag. For real, like when I started my career is right when the 04 Torags came out, and they were a nightmare. Oh my God, you guys think the Atlases and Tiguans have a lot of campaigns on them now? You don't know nothing. These kids today, you don't know nothing, because the 04s, you get lines, all the way up through like S and T, like 20 concerns per repair order, and ugh, it was a nightmare. But the newest gen, pretty much 07 and up, have been amazing. Yes, there are problems. Yes, there are failures. Yes, these fuel pumps have had issues. Yes, some transmissions probably have been problematic. But overall, the Torag right now is probably one of the best Volkswagens to buy. It's not cheap to buy. It's kind of expensive to maintain, especially the diesel. The services are expensive. The oil is expensive. It takes a lot of oil. Tires are expensive. Brakes are expensive. But overall, as a car having problems, uh, very, very low problem rate. I, I love our Torag. I can't wait to get the thing that is going to allow me to use the Torag in the manner in which I bought it for and what I intend to use it. So that's coming down the road. I can't tell you more than that, but coming soon. Um, so dude, I wouldn't hesitate to buy one. Of course, get it inspected. Make sure it's legit and in good condition. If you're buying one post-modification, you should have some warranty on it, which is awesome. I know I do. I'm really excited. That's why I actually have not done my Kerma TDI tuner just yet, but it's sitting here waiting, waiting for me just to do some maintenance on the car and make sure it's got a full shakedown, which we're knocking on the door of that. So hopefully that tune will be coming soon. This is supposed to be legit tune without having to delete the DPF and all that other stuff. So great question. When you get one, because I know you're going to get one, let me know. I'd love to see a picture of it. All right, guys, I'm going to wrap it up there. Questions, comments, you know what to do. Like the video. Hit that thumbs up button. Always appreciate that. Don't forget to subscribe. Thank you guys so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll talk to you again next time.